This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Catitude. I am the not-so-new show host of Catitude, Michelle Fern, and I have a really cool guest coming up, but first I just wanted to talk about this. Have you ever thought, what is my cat made of? I mean, I'm not talking, you know, fur, tail, you know, whiskers, that kind of stuff, but the genetics behind what your kitty's made of, her genetics, his genetics, that's been done for a long time with dogs, but not so much with cats. And personally, I find it easier to tell, you know, different breeds of dogs. And I know certain breeds are predisposed to certain things. But for cats, I have not a clue. I know some things, I'm, you know, but I've been a cat owner for over 10 years. But as far as what kind of illnesses or traits or so forth, I don't know. I just know Dennis is has his like uh, brown gingery coat and he's Lord of Maine Coonish and something else. I don't know. Molly looks like a skunk and she's not. She's definitely a cat, but she looks like a skunk. She has some funny markings. I wouldn't even be in to guess what her breeds are. But there's some really cool, interesting things and reasons why you want to know the genetics of your kitty. It can help you with illnesses down the road. It can give you some, just some peace of mind with knowing, you know, okay, I know my cat is predisposed to this, this, and this, so I'm going to watch out, make sure her diet is okay, so the things that she's predisposed of doesn't become something. You know, for example, some people are just high cholesterol runs in their family. So what do they do? They take something once they, most likely once they're an adult, they take, you know, usually a medication because high cholesterol just runs in their family. It doesn't matter what they eat. They're just going to have high cholesterol. So it's kind of like that for kitties. Stay tuned. We have this amazing show coming up and this is going to be so interesting. And as always, feel free to any questions, comments, Michelle at PetLifeRadio.com. We'll be right back with this really interesting show. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Anna Skaya. She is the CEO of Base Paws. Welcome, Anna. Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, I'm very excited to have you. Now, I've talked about on my other show some DNA. Base Paws is basically, well, let's talk about this. I have never heard about this for cats, only for, you know, our canine friends. So let's tell everybody, what is Base Paws? Sure, sure. So Base Boss is a cat genetics company. And in the most simplest terms, think of this as 23andMe for cats. 23andMe is the human version of what we do. And so um, to dive in a little bit more, so we've developed the first ever consumer at-home genetic test for cats. And that includes information about breed and ancestry, traits, health, and markers. Very, very similar to what, like you said, we would find for our dogs. Uh, there's a few products out there for dogs, lots of products for humans, and actually not a single one for cats before Base Boss came along. So we're the first ones. Okay. At first I thought, why have I never heard of this? But you're the first one. So that's why. Because I've yeah. had, yeah, I've had on my other show, Best Bets for Pets. I've had a while ago, I think it was a DNA testing for dogs, but I've never heard about it for cats. And the other yeah. thing is that Maybe it's me, I don't know, but I could tell breeds of dogs a little more distinctly. And I mentioned breeds because sometimes with breeds, you have, you know, certain breeds, and I'm sure this is probably true for cats, are predisposed to certain ailments. You know, mm-hmm. I've had cats now for 10 years, but I've had dogs for like 30 something. So maybe more, I won't say any more than that, but I've had them for a long time. So I, you know, everyone that's listening Catitude, I embrace my kitties. I rescue kitties, but I do have a little bit more background on dogs. And I know that certain sure. breeds like, you know, your German Shepherds have hip dysplasia. Now cats right. to me, and maybe because there's so many mixes that are in cats, seem to be harder to determine what their mix is. Like my whole team, they're all rescued. And Dennis came to us. We're figuring he's part Maine Coon, but I don't know what else uh-huh. he is. And interesting, yeah. interesting. So you know, just just to comment on the Maine Coon. So Maine Coons are are interesting because Maine Coons actually developed something called HCM, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Have you heard of that? Actually, fifteen percent of all cats may suffer from it, and Maine Coons are the ones that tend to get it the most. What so is now? What actually, is it again? HCM. HCM is something. It's called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's a genetic heart disease. And last time I checked, fifteen percent of all cats may suffer from it. Whether or not you show symptoms is a whole other story. But being diagnosed with something with HCM uh, is actually more prevalent for Maine Coons than for any other breed. And not to scare anyone, many cats with HCM live long and healthy lives without ever being diagnosed or treated. But for some cats, and again, Maine Coons kind of fall into this category, HCM can become a a pretty devastating illness. And just to give you a more idea, it it affects your heart. It it affects the heart muscle. And it causes the ventricle of your heart, of your cat's heart to thicken, and it decreases blood flow. And it means that less blood is being pumped into your cat's body. And, you know, it's to, for your cat to compensate, they have an increased heart rate. And that can actually lead to a lot of complications. So, again, because you mentioned Maine Coon, I had to mention that for you. So, you would be, and Dennis would be a really, really interesting cat to check to see if that may, if he really does have 
uh, a part of of his a part of him is named Kuhn, and if that is to check for HCM. Well, that's good to know. Dennis, we call him the nine lives cat because he's had crystals in his urine, so he had to get snipped, you know, for that. I don't even know where that came from. He gets bloody noses out of nowhere, and then he fell off a two-story balcony because he was on the rail playing. Nothing ever happened with that. So... He has like what three lives? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so three, so six more. <laughs> but he just he just gets these weird things, you know, that just happen. But let's get back to base paws. The other thing that I think is interesting is that so many cats are rescue cats. Right. Molly and Charlotte are both rescues. They look different. I don't know. I know who the mother and father are because they're in the community that's around our studio, but. I don't know what kind of cat they are. I couldn't tell you. Sure. And I think sure. that's, is that true for a lot of rescue cats? They're just mixed with so many that you can't really tell what they are? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last I heard, over 70% of all cat owners own rescue cats. And they're either adopted from a shelter or picked up as a stray. So it's kind of a mystery, you know? This cat, this this pet lives in your home, sometimes sleeps in your bed, eats your food, plays with your kids, and you really don't know that much about. And so, going back to heart disease, you know, if you knew that heart disease runs in the family of your cat, you will be able to go and talk to the vet about that. Um, but because you've adopted it, so little is known that you really don't know what to check. The cat that that my co-founder, Sean, has, you know, we're always worried that he has PKD or something. The cat is sick, and we weren't sure, so we had to go do a genetic test just to understand, can we eliminate this and this and this and only focus on specific things? So when it comes to rescue cats and when it comes to shelter cats, having access to DNA and understanding the genetics can actually give you clues into its history. And we have a lot of cats that have different traits that are passed from parent to parent. And you don't really know, is that a trait of Mancoon or can that be a ragdoll trait? Wouldn't that be really cool to find out? So doing genetic testing would actually allow you to dig a little bit deeper and find out more. And, you know, I really want to comment on one thing. So it's really sad, but it's true that the science, science has really left cats behind. The dog genome was sequenced many, many years before the cat genome. And more genes have been studied in dogs than in cats, which is really unfair because there's actually more more felines in the U.S. There's more felines across the world. And yet there's so little that we know about them on the genetic level. And I remember doing research on this last year and seeing that there's scientific publications in general can be completely devoid of cat genetic information. And it's really sad, you know, cats have been kind of pushed out of the spotlight. And this is something that we're doing is we're trying to get more information out there for cat parents and also more information from what we call our citizen scientists, cat parents. We're collecting samples of cats that actually have genetic disorders to really understand and find out more just about felines in general. You know, this is actually a, a massively understudied field. You know, I remember looking at some, I think it was from Habra or APA, the um, information on cats, and there are a lot more cats. That's because most, I I don't know what the percentage is, I think it's over 60% of cat households are two cats. They have two, you know, most of them are double. So 
I always thought more people had dogs, but actually more people have cats, probably because they're a little easier to take care of if you're working and so forth and not in the home. Mm -hmm. They're fine. You don't have to walk them. But you're right. There's so many more cats in the U.S. than there are dogs. Um, Yeah. And just because of the fact that cat households are usually double. So getting back to the Mm -hmm. genetics, what is... You know, say you adopt a cat and it's just like, I don't know, calico looking or, you know, striped or whatever the cute markings are. I don't know what Marley is. She just looks like a skunk. So I don't know what she (laughs) might be. She has this weird black and these weird black and white markings. And from the back, she looks like, you know, she has a skunk thing on her and um, half a heart on her mouth. It's just it's bizarre. But to say what type she is. I don't know. She was rescued. She mm-hmm. was born on, mm-hmm. you know, our doorstep. So I don't know what she is. But how can, as besides just helping us with potential treatment, what else can this genetic testing tell us? Yeah, it's a great question. So because 70% of all of our, of our cats come from shelters, I think the first thing that people really want to know about is, are there any specific things that I should look out for? Is there anything I should go and talk to my vet about? So I would, as a, as a cat owner, uh, and my co-founder, now we own two cats, the first thing that I really care about is, is there a marking for a specific genetic disorder that we are aware of right now? And just so you know, at this point, there's 250 cat diseases that are inherited. And so the more information we know about our own cats, the more we can look for that, especially as the cat ages. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, over the past decade, actually a few decades, our pets have been living longer and longer. I think I read somewhere that our cats now live 30% longer than they did in a few generations ago. And why is that? Because the food for them is better, because we take care of them more, because they live indoors now, so their lives are longer. When a cat's life is longer, that you start seeing all the diseases that are maybe we didn't come up before are now coming up as the cat ages. So the first thing I'd like to know from this report, from, from the kind of work that we're doing on base is the reports that we're putting out, we would really love to put out reports that have a very specific yes or no. Does my cat have a marker for this? Does my cat not have a marker for that? So that's the first thing. And then a lot of folks that are coming to us, you know, we, we, we've, we're only a year old company. We've only been doing this for a year. Every customer that we get, you know, we have really in-depth conversations about them. What do you really want to know? What's really exciting for you? Many folks are saying we want to know about their breed and about their ancestry. So where does my cat come from? And that stems from the fact that, you know, this is now a member of your household. You've adopted a new family member and you really want to know more about them. So ancestry and breed becomes a really big ask. People are always asking us, hey, I think my cat has some ragdoll. Do you think it does? And for us to, to create these tests, because again, Basepause is the first company to be doing this. So we're, we're learning as we go. We recently came across a breeder that had a lot of munchkins. And we were like, okay, we really want all your samples because the more munchkin samples we have, the better and the cleaner our, our report will be so that others can tell if their cat is munchkin by sending us their sample. So I think that there's two, and I think there's also a type of, a type of people that are just kind of in it for the novelty. Our first iteration of, re, of our report will be able to tell you, and this sounds really funny, but it's actually super fun to know, we have access to 18 different samples, genetic samples of wildlife cats. So pumas, lions, tigers, cheetahs, wildcats, 
and we can match your cat and its genetic information against all of these. And we can tell you relative to other cats in our community, what are you more like? Do you have more cheetah, more tiger, more lion? This is something that we're starting off with because it's the first thing that we can do in our report. And a lot of folks actually really love that. They're like, oh my God, I'm so excited to find out that, you know, Molly or Dennis is more close to a cheetah than to a tiger. Of course, at the end of the day, you know, all cats are more or less the same similarity to all those cats, but in between themselves, there are those minor differences. And it's those minor differences that we can report on. So I think you, you have those three different things that, that we can find out. And, you know, I mentioned citizen scientists. We had a promotion last month in July where we gave away a lot of our free kits to folks that had cats that had genetic disorders. And it was so interesting to see how many different genetic disorders there are, how many different cats there are. So our reports and the information that we're going to find out is going to grow and, and evolve. And I think if you and I have a chat in six months, there will be more information that I can tell you that you can get from these reports than you can right now. I just think all of it is really, really fascinating because the idea that you could take a, a measurement from, I don't know whether it's a blood measure, however you measure, and determine if hair. Dennis... Hair. We do hair. It's actually super fun. You take a little bit of their, of their fur, you send that to us. You don't even have to put a swab in their mouth, and then we can do it from hair. Yeah. So take a little bit of Dennis's hair and find out he has some lion in him, although he's, you know, lazy and <laughs> sleeps all the time, but he's a little bit of a lion. That to me is just mind blowing and just so interesting. You know, the whole idea of genetics is mind blowing. I mean, even a decade ago, for you to get your own DNA genotype or sequence, it would have cost hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Now for, for $99, you can go and find out where you come from, where your ancestors come from. To me, it's, it's just magic. And the fact that now this is available to our pets, who for many of us, our pets are, it's, this is a family, you know? Sometimes I, I give my pets more than I give myself because I love them so much. And I want to know more about them. And so genetics in general is changing the way that we view ourselves and the way that we view our pets. Exactly. And then besides just the fun part of it, as you touched on before, Anna, is that you can find out about potential health issues. And if there's a proponent for heart disease or diabetes, you can make the adjustments before it becomes a, you know, a larger problem that you have to go to insulin, you know, for example, yep. if, the, if that breed is or your particular cat because of the mix of breeds is proposed to diabetes, because I know that's a big thing with a lot of cats. Yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of great information that can save you a lot of time, money, heartache, big on the heartache, down the line. And your relationship with your vet becomes much stronger because you come prepared. You have, you have this report and you can say, hey, listen, I think in, in five years we should be looking at these things. Or the vet would say, hey, this is something you should look at. Like, make sure you, you pay attention to how your cat eats. We make sure you pay attention to how it moves. Make sure, like, there are some things like anxiety or depression that are also genetic. I mean, that would be really interesting. This is something that I'm really passionate about is that can we find markers for, for mental health with our pets? You know, this is something that we don't ever think about, but, you know, I volunteer at a shelter here in Redondo Beach in, in California, and I, I very often come across kittens that are a few months old, but already have a lot of anxiety problems because they were found on the street, because they came in already shocked. Is there ways to find out, is anxiety a genetic thing? 
that has come in? Or is it because the, the kitten was, for example, you know, left on the street and didn't have food and, and was abandoned? That, to me, is really, really exciting. Something that you and your listeners might not know is that cats are actually the closest animals to humans outside of primates. So genetically, we are closer to cats than we are to dogs or to pigs or to cows, everything except for monkeys, for primates, cats are the are closest. And actually we share ninety percent of cats share ninety percent of their genes with humans. And in the long run, much of what we learn about our cats' health can be applied to human health as well. And that is actually one of the missions of Base Paws. It's not only to bring more discovery to cat health, but it's also to use that data to improve human health as well. This has been so interesting. Where can listeners find out more about Base Paws, contact you as far as to do a genetic makeup for their kitty? Sure. So you can find us you know, all over the internet. We are on basepaws.com, B-A-S-E-P-A-W-S. We have a very active Instagram and Facebook community. And actually, probably the most important, because I think your listeners are very curious, is that we write our own blog that all of us here on Basepaws contribute to. We've got scientists. We've got people that do specific things in genetics. We've got folks that do only feline genetics. And we all write. We also all own cats check out our blog. The things that come up are the things that the listeners or our customers tell us, and then we write about it. So it's chock full of really interesting information. Basepods.com slash blog. Okay, this has been wonderful. So Anna, for everyone that's listening, and we have loads and loads of cat fanatics, cat lovers that listen on Catitude, which I'm so grateful for. How would they start? How would they contact Basepods? You know, how, how would it work? Sure. So it works. It's super simple. Basepaws.com. You can order your test online there. And what we send you is we send you this really simple envelope that has two pieces of adhesive tape. And if you've ever gone and got a wax, think of it as putting a piece of tape on your cat and just taking it off. It actually doesn't hurt the cat at all. They can barely feel it. They shed so much hair. It doesn't matter. So you take this tape off their fur and you have a piece of tape with quite a lot of fur on it and you send that back to us. We extract the DNA from there and you will get your report in six to eight weeks. Our report is constantly updated. So our scientists are in lab always looking for matches in DNA, trying to find is there a new variant, is there a new trait, is there a new disease that's coming out right now that we didn't know about cats. As soon as we have that new information, ping, you get a notification saying, hey, we still have your sample on file and it looks like your cat is or isn't this particular thing. So, you know, you become a part of our community, you become a part of our, our big mission really is to try to create as many of these scientific discoveries as possible so that we can actually figure out some of these inherent disease in cats and ultimately solve for them. I think it's amazing and so exciting and so interesting. Thank you so I'm much. For, thank you so much, Anna, for coming on Catitude and telling us all about base paws and the genetic testing for cats, which is so new to the feline world. It was a pleasure, and I really do hope that we get to have a chat again soon so we can tell you more about the things that we're discovering. Absolutely. I would love that. Wow, what a great, interesting show. Thank you, Anna, for coming on Catitude. Thanks to my producer, Mark Winner, for making me and my guests sound great. And thanks to Dennis, Molly, and Charlotte for being the cool cats you are. I'm not sure what all of you are made up of, but I'm going to find out. 
Keep listening. We have so many great shows coming up. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.